and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 46th episode of the podcast for the week of April 1st, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome East Coast professional astro man, Verge the Astrologer, to join me on the podcast in a discussion on the new moon in Aries. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar for those who would like to contribute on a one-time donation. You can find that on the front page uh, menu of my website over at energeticprinciples.com. All right, so I am glad to be back after a week off, a much-needed week off to attend to business in my world, Um, and it went really fast, let me just say that, but... (laughs) Uh, there was still no, there was still a- lots of action in the week, uh, and I communicated that through my Instagram page. Um, so, but this week also pro- proves to be quite active. So let's get down to this week's astro report. So our lunar lady starts out the week winding down her uh, waning cycle, (laughs) the Mercury retrograde residuals right now, Um, and she is in the dreamy waters of Pisces. She continues to wane down in brightness as she moves into the initiatory fires of Aries late on Wednesday and where she will wind all the way down to make her new moon conjunction in the sign of the ram early Friday morning. She then begins her waxing cycle all over again and moves into the stable earth energy of Taurus on Saturday and where she will remain throughout the rest of the weekend. So now just a quick heads up that all time approximations are for the in North America. So if you live in Europe at about eight hours, if you're in Australia or the East at about 17 hours or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. All right, my friends. Well, this week uh, we have Mercury making its final conjunction to Neptune as it starts to pick up some motion after being uh, retrograde and stationing last week. Um, And we'll also make a sextile to Saturn for the last pass as well. So Mercury is speaking. Um, We also have big news with the south node conjuncting Pluto, uh, which happens 
not that often and is really going to tie into our new moon in Aries that is the following day. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. Now, on Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Pisces, and she will square Mars, make a sextile to Uranus, and make a conjunction to Venus late in the day. And some of you may know this is April 1st, so this is April Fool's Day. Um, And so we don't have any transits... um, Uh, perfecting on Monday. So the bottom line is that as Mercury is about to conjunct Neptune again, which will happen tomorrow, I'll get there in a second, uh, it's seemingly actually the perfect day to play a trick. Uh, Even if we intend to or not, we may find ourselves on the giving or receiving end of, you know, that kind of trickster energy. Um, So I have a feeling that people will be pulling the wool over others' eyes, (laughs) definitely, for this April Fool's Day. So look a little further and discern what you can. (laughs) Uh, But really, it is the perfect time for reflection as the moon cycle is waning down, and we have a couple of key avenues to get to spirit and its directive this week, especially as we get towards this new moon, and we have all this Pisces and uh, Mercury-Neptune energy going on. So stay receptive and be sure to listen throughout the week. Uh, Now, psychic impressions will probably be high, and our emotions can help guide us through this energy. And there may be a sacrificial quality or the need to let go of something or to free up some energy at this time. And luckily, that conjunction to Venus in the evening will help to attract in loving energy that can, you know, smooth any bumps that may have arisen during the day, especially when uh, Luna encountered the tension uh, and the impatience of Mars and Gemini especially if you're impatient to know something or to learn something or to figure it out or there's uncertainty in the air. So it's safe to say that the beginning of the week asked us to go with the flow and try not to overly question everything. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Pisces uh, and will make a conjunction to Neptune and Mercury earlier on in the day, and then a sextile to Saturn later in the day. And so of note, we do have Mercury making that final conjunction to Neptune, which is going to be the third pass of these two uh, since before the retrograde cycle began. Really what had initiated the start of the retrograde shadow Um, because the first conjunction happened back on February 18th. So you can see how long these two have been dancing together. Um, Now, Mercury, just as a refresher, is our, you know, information, perception, communication, conversations, learning things, uh, understanding, you know. And conjunctions are new cycles. So we've had like three, like, This is our third, like, mini cycle kind of starting, but now this is the fresh one that's going to carry through uh, for the whole rest of the cycle. And so what's Mercury picking up on? What's our antenna receiving? Well, that's Neptune, and Neptune is that spiritual energy, that spiritual inspiration. Um, It's also when we are confronted with maybe uh, something dissolving in our lives or releasing and letting go or losing something, and that could be a loss that is... Uh, anticipated and that we are doing ourselves, you know, uh, sometimes we intentionally, you know, give away things or, or, or call it a day. But sometimes this can come when that is experienced on the outside of us. So really, we are receiving communications at this time that are tying in with that spiritual directive and that release and letting go energy. Uh, and it may be on the emotional side, 
It's also very psychic time, and we're probably going to be daydreaming um, with what is next on the horizon there. So, I mean, you really can go back and look at some of these dates that we've already uh, had Mercury conjunct Neptune to see maybe what that bigger picture might have looked like for you. Because I think, let me see, I wasn't prepared for this part here, but the passes were on February 18th. Um, And then again, we had Mercury conjunct on the 23rd of March, um, and then now again this week. So look back and see how this story has been playing out for you. Uh, And if you want to play a good trick on your coworkers or your friends for April Fool's Day, this energy will help. (laughs) So, all right. So the bottom line for Tuesday is that we are going to want to pay attention to our dreams as Mercury and Neptune are making their final conjunction, which I just said, but the moon is also joining in on the party uh, in Pisces. So it's bound to be a foggy and maybe a sleepy start to the day, yet there is that psychic energy that is helping to point us towards clarity through the clouds. Might be one of those things where everything's fuzzy, but something just comes in that's uh, quite clear. So pay attention to that. Uh, And it's really likely that this day is going to have, you know, when communications are up and there may be an emotional energy or response to what comes in from the news that we have received. Um, And so news can come in that signifies maybe the release of something that starts a whole new cycle um, or something along those lines. And with Saturn sextiling in, it's bound to have some permanence or uh, maybe showing the path or the way to the new ground that we are about to stand upon and where there's an opportunity to strengthen our personal authority while also honoring that of others. So Tuesday is bound to be an interesting day, I think. Um, That may not necessarily be, uh, you know, (laughs) how we think it's going to go down because Neptune always pulls out some tricks, and especially with Mercury there too, who is the trickster. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is in Pisces, and then we'll move to Aries uh, later in the evening. And along the way, she will sextile Pluto, uh, and she'll make a square to Jupiter. And so we don't have any aspects perfecting that day. So the bottom line for Wednesday is here we have a two-part day where the day starts off still in the waters of Pisces, and we may be feeling a bit emotionally excited or perhaps even overwhelmed by the growth that is now taking place, uh, especially with Luna making that square to Jupiter and Sagittarius. And so Wednesday may be a little spacey with the desire to withdraw, or you may feel sentimental to what is now falling away from your life. So go easy on yourself. But by the evening, the fires of Aries are going to roar and we are going to get that enthusiasm pick-me-up that helps lift up our courage and gets us mentally excited about the changes ahead. Now, on Thursday, the moon is in Aries um, and I made a sextile to Mars super early in the morning, but kind of is just doing her thing until she makes that conjunction with the sun super early on Friday morning. So it's basically why we sleep. So on Thursday, we do have something happening that is 
pretty significant, I must say. And that is the south node making its conjunction to Pluto. Um, And so this will also happen as the south node makes a conjunction to Saturn on April 21st. So basically April 4th, we get Pluto. April 21st, we get the uh, Saturn. And really, you know, this is a transiting nodal axis, basically. And it's only going to hit these points every really, you know, 18 years or so, give or take, you know, depending on the other planets and how, what their um, cycles look like. So this is significant, very significant. And it's not just going to happen on one day on Thursday, you know, but that is the key point of release. And so as the transiting nodal access connects with the South Node in Capricorn uh, and Pluto this week, and Saturn in a few weeks, like I said, there is a lot of karmic forces at play that is sucking energy back into a vortex, uh, which this can be a great time if we want to get rid of impurities that are clogging up our ability to make meaningful changes in our ambitions, our long-range plans, our work life, you know, Capricorn stuff. And we're also likely to see this significantly in the world as the Plutonian force will be at play and quite possibly in a dramatic way. And if there is destruction uh, for perceived good or bad, you know, because sometimes destruction is not necessarily an entirely bad thing, um, and especially in the Cancer Capricorn axis of your chart, it's really the sands of time that are turning and erupting for a shift and a release, especially with Neptune also playing in this week uh, and that new moon. There's a lot of shifting and releasing going on. Um, and we're going to see this in the world too, especially uh, as this has happened in, in Capricorn, which is a very worldly energy. So do not, this is bound to be an active political week, I must say. So be on the lookout. And so, like I said, there is that shift and release going on, but you don't have to be a victim of this influence per se. For if there are dynamic changes you want to make on the earthly realm, the necessary release is now supported. And really, this whole month of April will be significant in relation to this 18-month nodal transit, um, as we are also halfway to the summer eclipses and the current lunar energy of the Aries new moon and the two Libra full moons that are, you know, bookending and surrounding this energy is essentially activating the midpoint of our eclipses uh, and challenging us in a way that is asking us to, you know, become more courageous in our lives uh, and be able to bring great greater peace, but we'll have to find the balance of action, you know, the right balance of action that is needed, um, and also be able to maintain a diplomatic approach through it all. So we are in that in-between activation period for eclipses. So this is a very dynamic time. So the bottom line for Thursday is, is that energy quiets as we get close to the new moon, yet there's still that fiery Aries energy blazing on through. So there may be a rush to finish something so we can eagerly start something new um, because that can happen as we, you know, close down this lunar cycle. And as the south node makes a conjunction to Pluto and the moon is in its darkest part of her balsamic phase, this is a great time for reflection and a willingness to release. Uh, So go easy on yourself and give yourself that space at this time. Now, Friday, we officially have our new moon in Aries, which will happen actually uh, at 1.50 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So, you know, it's really right when we sleep there. And it'll be happening at 15 degrees and 11 minutes of Aries, right smack dab in the middle. Um, And so uh, we do have this new moon, and Luna will obviously make that sun conjunction. But then we'll go on to square Saturn and Pluto and then to trine Jupiter, 
And so just a little reminder, I always write a moon article for each new and full moon on my uh, astro blog over at energeticprinciples.com. So if you'd like to check that out, that will be up in the early to mid part of the week. Or you can sign up to my mailing list, uh, which there's a sign up on the bottom of my front page, uh, which will just have it sent to your inbox so you know when it is out. Um, and also, I have a new issue of my Moon Animal Monthly, my $3 Patreon tier subscription that will come out uh, at this time as well. And so, obviously, we have a new moon in Aries, which is the beginning of a beginning, uh, and we look forward to this every year. But I'm not going to go into it too much here because Virgin and I will be talking all about this later in the program. So, why waste my breath and the airtime? <laughs> um, so, the bottom line for Friday is, is that we are birthed anew as that moon makes its new moon conjunction with the sun, um, really why we sleep here in the U.S. And the south node conjunction is bound to be more prominent today as the moon squares into both Saturn and Pluto, foreshadowing and activating the work we have ahead of us in this cycle. And the trine to Jupiter flows in the inspiration needed to emotionally accept that growth and new horizons, horizons are upon us. So stay reflective at this time, uh, for there are powerful forces at play. And with that new moon looking to Mars, who is looking to Mercury, still conjunct Neptune, and those two are looking to Jupiter, basically spirit is speaking, and the next leg of our journey is now upon us. Now, on Saturday, we have the moon in Taurus, and she will make uh, an early day conjunction to Uranus. Um, And so no aspects that day, but the bottom line for Saturday is that we wake up to the grounded energy of Taurus, yet not before Luna triggers Uranus, asking that we shake up more comfortable or rooted areas of our physical lives so that we can free up some energy and disrupt parts of our status quo that are no longer serving us um, in the people that we are becoming at this point. So this weekend would be a great time to do some spring cleaning or to get started on a project that really needs your attention, um, which may be both if you're like me, who is currently cleaning out a lot of my physical possessions uh, for a huge garage sale um, in a couple weeks' time. So basically, after the work is done, you know, treat yourself with some downtime, maybe in nature or whatever else helps to bring peace to your emotional self, because Taurus does like that stillness and peace. Now, on Sunday, the moon is still in Taurus, and she will make a sextile to Venus and Neptune, a trine to Saturn, and then a sextile to Mercury. And so we also have Mercury making its final sextile to Saturn, uh, actually very earlier in the morning. So we're feeling this both on Saturday and Sunday, but we do get that moon activation on Sunday. Um, So once again, Mercury, that, you know, what we're learning, what we're perceiving, the news that's coming in, what we're, you know, conversing with others or understanding is getting that opportunity uh, to open a door to Saturn. And that's, uh, you know, planning, structure, uh, taking responsibility for something or committing ourselves to something. Um, And we're looking at that long term and we're consolidating and building some sort of foundation. So, you know, and this is the third pass of this aspect as well. So you may want to look back over the last couple months, kind of around those dates that I provided for uh, Mercury conjunct Neptune to see how this influence has um, affected you as well. 
because, you know, Saturn does help us get, uh, you know, it helps our minds become a little more realistic and more practical to the work that we're doing or the plans that we have and, you know, uh, and being able to tap into our authority um, and to really bring things down to earth um, in ways and, and really even emotional content to kind of ground that down, especially with Mercury in Pisces. Um, so we do have this strengthening, um, and the mind is once again looking at these long-term, um, you know, commitments that we are making to ourselves uh, and others. So really the bottom line for Sunday is, is here we have another day that supports getting some work done, and we are in a good mood to do so with Luna sextile to Venus and Neptune in the morning. Now, it may be a little slow going at first, especially, you know, as the moon conjuncts Venus and Neptune, who are both not necessarily wanting to get up and work, um, and especially in Pisces. Uh, So, you know, have patience with yourself. But really, by the afternoon or in the early evening, uh, we can start to attend to those necessary matters. And so there's also an ease of expression today, especially if you need to talk about heavier matters or topics that involve long-term planning and the goals that you have as a person uh, or as a partnership or as a team. So I see this weekend as being quite productive with the fresh energy of rebirth headed our way. All right, so to really wrap it all up here, uh, this is likely to be a dynamic week as we learn further pieces of the Mercury retrograde cycle now that the messenger is direct and slowly regaining forward motion and making that final conjunction to Neptune uh, for the last time. Uh, Now, the Aries new moon and the Pluto south node conjunction set us up for a brand new start, provided we are able to release and let go of what is no longer working and are willing to embrace the courage to begin again. All right, so now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little extra something-something to what I'm saying here. And uh, this week, they actually add a lot of extra something-something. So this week, I drew the tower as the focus and the chariot as the grounding. Um, And with the tower as the focus, this week, the foundation will be rocking uh, with the possibility of getting shaken up in the process as this card usually represents a core structure that can no longer be counted upon, and there may be chaos filling an area that was once seemingly stable. And this speaks a lot to that Pluto-South Node conjunction in Capricorn, um, and also Mercury and Neptune getting together, and this that new moon squaring Saturn and Pluto, you know, in Capricorn. So these are structures that are following away. So if you find yourself on the receiving or giving end of sudden change, know that the end result is on course to get you to a better sense of security and stability down the road. So just be aware that egos may fall this week, um, and revelations may jolt us awake to see the truth of a matter. And the events taking place are likely to happen with a suddenness that could feel as if our power is being undermined. Yet there is a significant spiritual growth to be had here when we let our ego responses fall away and accept a piece of humble pie if necessary. So if you find yourself in that position, you know, just keep that in mind. Now, we won't all be there, but... um You'll know when that moment happens for you. Now, with the chariot as the grounding, there is a level of determination and willpower that may be needed in order to get through a situation. 
Uh, yet the aforementioned tower card may actually be rooted in our own assertion in the attempt to conquest at any cost. So you'll know where you stand on that matter, of course. <laughs> Whether you need that determination willpower or maybe if you need to step back from that um, drive forward. Yet with this card grounding this eruptive energy that the tower can bring, it can serve as a reminder that we can conquer and triumph over any obstacle we encounter. And, uh, you know, having full control over your emotional faculties will be a necessary part of getting through uh, this potentially rough patch. So for, you know, if you're actions are rooted in the divine, you know, you'll probably come out victorious when it's all said and done. So the question is, are you acting from ego? Are you acting from spirit? All right. So last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the lizard. Now, a quick note that your standard lizard doesn't make too many sounds. So that chirp you just heard is that of a gecko, which is a type of lizard. So I think it's going to work. And so our, you know, scaly friend here is uh, here to remind us to pay attention to our dreams and visions this week, for it's in the dream time consciousness that we can be an observer to our most ideal reality and what the soul seeks to experience and to be guided towards. And so I find this ambassador so perfect as we have a dark week of the moon waning down, and we also have Mercury making its final pass to Neptune. So pay attention to those dreams, you know, both sleeping and awake this week, for these shifts of consciousness are trying to lead us at this time, and the only way to make use of this guidance is by detaching from your usual identity and allowing yourself to drift into a more instinctual place where you can be an observer of your life. So we want to be the observer rather than, you know, in in the space. So really honor what comes in this week, whether you're asleep or you're awake, uh, and tell yourself before you go to sleep that you are going to remember your dreams. And then keep a pen and paper next to your bedside and then wait for those downloads to take place. So just set that intention, I will remember my dreams, and then just go to sleep and see what you wake up with. Because really, no matter how big, small, or strange these dreams may seem, there is a valuable symbolism to them uh, that is to be sourced out at this time. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how it will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. And you don't have to be an expert. Uh, You can be a beginner and you can use oracle cards. You know, you can do this any way you like. And so every Sunday I release a new short video that has a custom spread that is centered around the astrological placements that I talk about during the show. And so last week we worked on high guidance. And this week we are going to be working on starting fresh. So if you want to find out more and even check out a freebie spread, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right. I'm so happy to welcome this week's special guest. We have Verge, the astrologer with us. Hi, Verge. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have him too, because he was a recommendation that was given to me via Akila, actually backed, I want to say a summer of last year. And she had told me a couple times to reach out to him. And it, of course, you know, some things take time, especially, you know, that's what Mercury retrograde periods are for, right? <laughs> I'm like... 
Now I call them birds. Now's the time. <laughs> um, so before we get started here, uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm an astrologer, obviously. Um, Verge is short for Virgilio. That is my first name. It means staff bearer in Latin. Um, I am a life path 11, which interestingly enough, Virgilio and Verge both equate to 11. So um, yeah, I've been practicing astrology for about five years now. My mom is also an astrologer. Um, I kind of picked it up from her. Um, We... I'm a Scorpio rising, so there's been lots of transformation in my life. My mom used to be extremely religious, mm. and we didn't have a relationship. And then she became an astrologer and like had her huge awakening and wrote a book about the Anunnaki and all this craziness that I would never have seen coming as a child. Oh. So, yeah, that that is me in a nutshell. That Scorpio rising, like my life has really embodied, you know, all of that transformation. So. You know, I kind of specialize in helping clients that have dealt with trauma um, because I have also dealt with some of that in my life. I've been very kind of open about that, you know, with my work. Um, And yeah, I've just, you know, been really dedicated to my practice lately and I'm super excited to be here and, you know, network and connect with other astrologers and people that are, you know, interested in the work. So thank you. Well, I'm glad that you're here as well. You know, I love talking to people that are just as passionate about it as I am. And especially as I started to see some of your rundown, like you said, you have five planets in Capricorn. And of course I have the moon in Capricorn. So I'm going to uh, immediately gravitate there. And then I'm also Scorpio rising as well. Yes, come through. (laughs) Yeah. So even though uh, Virgin and I have not uh, met until this moment, you get to (laughs) see us meeting for the first time or listen to us rather. Uh, But I feel there are just some kindred placements uh, with our planets for sure. Um, Absolutely. Now, where's your moon in your mom? There? My moon is 28 degrees Gemini in the eighth house. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little Gemini flavor in there, which is yeah. which is <laughs> kind of funny when you think about it because really Scorpio and Capricorn both are uh, aversion to Gemini. You know, they don't see it. Right that in conjunct. So it makes for um, an interesting and sometimes, you know, quite humorous (laughs) (laughs) existence, (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually very thankful for my Gemini moon. Um, Having so much Capricorn in my chart and then Scorpio rising, that's a lot of like serious energy. So the Gemini moon definitely lightens things up a bit. You know, I don't stay upset at anything for very long. I get over things very quickly. Um, And I think that helps me with a lot of my other energies. Capricorn can be very pessimistic. And that's something that that I've really worked through in my life. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, As I've gotten older, I'm learning to kind of tap into my Gemini moon a little bit more and just kind of, you know, go with the flow of things. Yeah, because, you know, and I have Mars in Gemini, which is my chart ruler. So I feel you on that Gemini. And, you know, it has its pluses and minuses, which is actually fun because we're going to be talking about the new moon in Aries here. That's our program focus. Um, And this new moon, which we'll get into in a little bit here, 
you know, Aries is ruled by Mars. So Mars is uh, not at the time of us recording it, but very soon here, Mars is moving into Gemini when you listen to this. And that will be a key piece to our new moon here. So we'll get to uh, share our Gemini awareness (laughs) with the listeners of how that might factor in. Um, So I guess let's let's start talking about this new moon. Um, You know, Really, it's the new moon that starts the zodiacal new year for the most part. You know, anytime we have that Aries new moon, new moons in general are kind of a a breath of, you know, fresh air that's coming in to set up a cycle that will take, you know, 28 days to basically play out. But also it does have that elongated, usually six month time span until we get to that full moon in Aries along the way here. So, I mean, are there any things that stand out to you right away about a Aries, new moon, and what that might look like right now. (laughs) Yeah, um, so much, especially the thing that really pops out to me is that it's, you know, happening after such a heavy Pisces season. I have had, you know, more bookings the last month than maybe ever because people have just really been going through it. Um, you know, the Neptune influence on Mercury retrograde has just been really crazy. We had the fa- the Facebook and Instagram blackout. And, I know! <laughs> um, yeah, the trains in New York are all jacked up, and there's just so many things happening right now. So to have this Aries new moon where everything is just ready to burst back to life, it's just the perfect opportunity to kind of reset that clock a little bit. After we've been through so much, not only with this past, you know, with this retrograde cycle, uh, Mercury goes direct tomorrow, finally, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be right next to Neptune. So we're still waiting things out a little bit. I know. And that's the thing that's, you know, and that's kind of the sleeper aspect, like literally, I guess, pun intended. That is um, that is really happening right now in this space and time because, you know, we're having... um, we we basically have Mercury that's been sitting in this, just this very watery, emotional, like spiritual place that is not always easy to navigate. It's not straightforward by any means, but you really feel it. And even though we've had these exact hits, um, uh, basically when the shadow period started before Mercury retrograde even took place, but also as Mercury is stationing there, going forward and going to hit this spot again. But we have to remember that even these exact hits, you know, Mercury, especially when it's slowing down and stationing, it takes a long time to get its speed back going again. So even though, you know, we can be like on Tuesday, it hits exactly a blah, blah, blah. No, this Mm -hmm. influence is like, you know, really like a two and a half week type of vibe going on. And of course, you're going to be listening to this kind of after it starts to move away a little bit, but you're going to resonate because I don't know about you, but I've had, I've been going through my own like you know, just washing it all out, you know, full on, uh, just necessary healing that's take, that needs to take place for issues, a lot of past issues, a lot of things that have been festering or underneath the surface. Um, and also issues that have to do with more of like, uh, you know, the tapping into the purpose and the, the spirituality that calls to all of us. Um, but sometimes needs maybe the courageous, uh, energy of Aries to be able to start to, you know, cap, not capitalize. God, it's such a Capricorn word. <laughs> <laughs> be able to capitalize on this energy. Right. Um, 
So, I mean, so what have you been seeing as far as the Mercury Neptune, like just some examples or even with your own life, what that looks like? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, currently I'm dealing with kind of an interesting roommate situation that has lots of Neptunian energy in her chart. Um, So I've been seeing, you know, some of the classic Piscean traits, you know, there's like the victim order complex that can come out from time to time. Um, Obviously, these are the lower manifestations of Pisces, but a lot of people have really been dealing with that. And some of my clients as well have just been very confused um, in terms of interpreting like symbols and things that they feel like have been coming to them during this time. People have been seeing a lot more synchronicities. Um, people have been noticing little patterns and trends in their life that, you know, people kind of get confused by these things, especially people that aren't inherently spiritual. When all of these things start happening to them, especially maybe some of the earth signs, um, some of the air signs that really don't want to be in their feelings, Mm -hmm. it, it definitely kind of makes them go a little bit haywire. So, you know, I've kind of been playing damage control. I'm always the person that people call when something's going on. I'm just like, just hang out. You know, it's only emotion. You'll be okay. Just feel it out. But interestingly enough, I think um, there's a show on Netflix called The OA. Have you watched that? Oh, it's so funny you bring that up. I watched it a couple of years ago and I was actually reading part of my dream journal, like an hour before I got on with you. And I came across a dream that was inspired by the OA. So that's really funny that you're even bringing this up right now. <laughs> I can't believe you even just said I that. Say hi. I, oh, <laughs> hello. Um, we, hello. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, little, little pretext here. Uh, Verge had, due to some roommate situations, he actually had to go to a coffee shop for us to record this. So, you know, people, they, like, that's very airy season. Look at me! Yes, right? Seriously. (laughs) That was cute. Um, But no, I was going to say that literally yesterday, I had a dream that was inspired by that, by the... What? You had the dream? Yes, I just finished watching season two. um, So it was fresh on my mind, and I had a dream about one of the characters. So that's really wild that you said that. But season two of the OA is literally all about parallel universes and dimensions and alternate timelines. It's, you literally could not get more Neptunian than that season. So for, for it to come out during this retrograde cycle, to me, it really just like embodied everything that this season has been for a lot of people. Um, but outside of that, You know, it's really just been like, what can go wrong will go wrong. You know, this has definitely been the, I I don't want to say worst. I want to say maybe the most challenging Mercury retrograde that I can remember, you know, in my lifetime, or at least since I've been following astrology. So yeah, there's just been lots of adjustments. And I feel like everyone is kind of, you know, breathing a sigh of relief now that, you know, the the sun's coming out a lot more and we're moving into spring and everyone is just like so ready for it. You know, I definitely am. And I felt the shift almost instantly. Like a week ago, I just woke up and was just like, wait, why do I have energy all of a sudden? (laughs) You know, so... 
Yeah, and for me too, I was battling, you know, oversleeping and not wanting to get out of bed. I just wanted to, you know, eat lots of comfort food and watch TV all day and neglect my responsibilities. Escapism, <laughs> you know, which for a Capricorn, like that, that's not cool. So, <laughs> yeah, because it catches up with you uh, in another way because, you know, yeah. Precisely. Well, Oh, well, that's so funny because I didn't even realize that the OA had a second season out. So you've just informed me of that. <laughs> yes, it just so that, came out and it's fantastic. So. Oh, I can't wait. I really loved the first season. Um, and it was such a unique series. Like, And so it'll be interesting to see, like you're saying, these kind of, you know, shaped, uh, trans-dimensional type of... Because um, that's really right. what Pisces is. It's like slipping into different spaces in time and like... What that you know really honestly that's like the hardest part for me this whole uh, transit um, and I know half this podcast is going to be about Mercury <laughs> retrograde on Pisces and just Mercury and Pisces in Pisces <laughs> but I have had the hardest time writing where usually I have a very um, you know I got Mercury and Leo so it's it's got a pretty fixed you know like I usually get inspired by something and then once I start. The Mars and Gemini sextiles in, and I'm like, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> and this one, I would just look at the page, and it would literally be like my mind is swimming in the sea of possibility. And at, and it would be frustrating because there'd be no like start point, there'd be no point of like entry. It was more like I had to wait until like the energy shifted in a way where I a lot of times I would get an image or like a visual mm. that would then prompt wow. me to start to write um, or give me that entry point that I was looking at. And it was very just frustrating for my own process because um, I don't know, it's a little more loosey, loosey goosey, but it's funny because I'm, you know, also a musician where as a composer, I write that way musically. So musically that makes sense to me, you know, that space, right. that open space to let things kind of come in. But the the logic and the reasoning side of my mind that uses the, to write was just not, you're just not having it. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally feel that. I, I kind of felt similar energies, you know, trying to get readings done. Um, I just felt so scatterbrained throughout, you know, the last couple of weeks that it was really hard for me to just focus and ground down my attention and just get in front of my computer and start going. You know, once I did, I was good. But the problem was getting there. You know, the escapism was just at an all-time high for me. So it was yeah. definitely a battle. I definitely learned some things about myself and worked through some blockages. So, you know, I see, like, the long game. I see the purpose for it. But it was still very, very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then well, all the, like, technological things that kept happening as well, like my phone crashing and... I have a brand new MacBook and there's an issue with the new MacBooks now with the oh. sound that they haven't fixed yet. Um, so I've been dealing with that as well and going back and forth with the company and just so much happening. I also ordered some shoes online and they charged me for it, but then canceled the order. And then it took like two weeks for me to get my get your money back. Jeez. Right. It was just like, seriously, like, I'm just going to stay in the house for the, you know, the remainder <laughs> of this cycle. But Yeah. Really, for me, the only thing that got me through was 
my own, like when this first started, I told myself and I told listeners, I was like, just go with the flow. Like really the only way to get through this is just to be open to the flow, no matter what it brings you. And, uh, you know, really as it started to, um, when Mercury stationed, that's when my house was being painted. And uh, the landlord decided to paint the house, which is funny because he had been talking about painting it since I moved in 14 years ago. So this is a long time coming, this whole, you know, thing. But really, there was, you know, because Pisces is a mute sign. And uh, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's less communication there, like that straightforward. And so literally, I knew nothing about the whole process. Like, I would just have to wait until... I realized they were painting the front door because they were painting the front door. No one told me there was a rope, you know, like everything that was done. And even then trying to get like all the pieces out of it when it would be done, uh, how to clean new windows that I just got. I got the wrong information four times before I finally like, you know, and it's just these types of things. But if I had not like told myself to go with the flow, I would just have gone crazy because, you know, this cap, especially Capricorn energy or earth energy in general, we, you know, we like to have a firm grip on things <laughs> and <Nope>. like know <laughs> what's going on and have a little bit of control over the situation. Even if that control is just, you know, coming from a place of knowledge or knowing what the plan is, right. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. What's, what's the plan look like? <laughs> and so I maybe verge part of this, uh, cycle just in general might've even been more challenging for people like us that it's saying, Oh, guess what? Now it's time to let go a little, or maybe sleep in a little, or, you know, have a little more, you know, fun or what that looks like versus trying to keep on that work train. But, um, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so how does this all relate to the new moon in Aries as we're talking <laughs> about, you know, we're going over our Pisces, uh, Mercury retrograde woes. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, oh, um, but before we get out of that, though, there is also the fact that Mercury is sextiling into Saturn. So what do you make of that? Well, yeah. So I'm definitely feeling lots of Saturn vibes right now because I'm, you know, nearing the end of my Saturn return. Mm -hmm. um, and then interestingly enough, in my natal chart, I have Saturn conjunct Neptune and I've got Venus and Neptune the same degree. So I just oh, attract wow. Neptunian energy into yeah. my life. But um, yeah, with this, with with Saturn's influence, it really is just calling in a lot of karma to the situation. You know, a lot of the Mercury retrograde instances that have come up for people have been very karmic in nature. I've had lots of clients, you know, my ex hit me up. What what do I say? What do I do? Or, ooh, I've been thinking about my ex all this entire time. You know, I've had some clients dealing with work issues. Some clients dealing with very heavy family issues. So, you know, when Saturn's in the mix, it's definitely going to make things a little bit heavier. But, you know, we're dealing with a sextile. So this is a more positive aspect. So for me, this is, you know, moving you in a direction that is beneficial for you. And it might not always feel that way, which is very much Saturn's influence. You know, it almost never feels good, but it's always what you need kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so. I think it's just kind of infusing the Mercury retrograde cycle with some karma for people and really showing people, you know, where they can get stuck and where, you know, they can kind of not maximize their time and effectiveness because obviously this Mercury cycle is, you know, showing people how they can get in their own way, um, especially with the influence of Neptune. 
Um, but Saturn, I think, is, is bringing something practical into the mix. Because Neptune is kind of a trickster. He doesn't always have your best interest at heart. Whereas Saturn bringing his influence is like, okay, you're going to go through some things, but there's going to be a purpose for it. There's going to be something that you're gaining from this experience. So that's definitely been the case for me. And for a lot of my clients, I've just been telling people, you know, why are these things coming up for you? What are you meant to gain from this experience? So I think for everyone, if we can kind of keep that mindset, it'll definitely make the transition a lot smoother. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What, what about you? What do you feel for, for Saturn's influence there? Well, I love what you said there because especially that, that karmic touch that Saturn can bring up because I know personally I resonate with that. You know, some of the, my own, you know, processes that I was going through during this retrograde time and really each pass uh, that this aspect is made because both of the things that we're talking about here, Mercury conjunct Neptune and also sextile Saturn, we're on the third pass of these. You know, this is not new news, but it was news that came in, was reviewed over, and now we're like finally, you know, moving on from. And really, I think that the sextile to Saturn, even though, like you said, can bring up some difficult things that we need to kind of integrate, understand the purpose of them, and be able to, um, you know, have a... A positive dose of reality within the mix of everything that we're that's all kind of swirling about and that overtake of emotions uh, that can come about with just the Pisces transit in general, but then having Mercury retrograde through this area for the first time in six years. So we got to remember that the parts of what have been kicked up have not been, um, you know, kind of reviewed or looked at and not even in this way ever, but really just this area of our charts, you know, in six years time. And a lot of things can happen <laughs> during that, during that. Yep. And so I think that uh, Saturn sextiling in is, is helping us, Partially in the the realm, because I think a lot of people have their, you know, aspirations on their minds or their dreams. And like you said, Neptune can be a trickster. You know, it, it gives us this illusion or this, uh, you know, spectacle or, you know, kind of gives us a fantasy of what it is that we would like to do um, or we'd like to see for ourselves. And sometimes that fantasy is real. And that's the thing is being able to decipher what is, you know, essentially the incredibly rose colored glass, or that is really part of our spiritual calling, but needs that dose of Saturn to either do the hard work, uh, to bring it down to earth and ground it down, like you were saying there. And uh, so for me, I think part of that sextile to Saturn and really also to Pluto, because Pluto is in the mix with this as well. And the South Node as and well. The, and that's huge. That is a yeah. <laughs> huge, yes. Thank you for bringing that up because I like to look at the South Node, um, especially through transit as part of like kind of a vortex that we can give things to, to some extent. If we're speaking karmically, if we you know do the work, go through it, are ready to release things, um, to maybe even sometimes release things so that we can get a nugget back of, you know, you know, some type of untapped into talent or something that we just haven't, you know, if we had to release in order to get that gem, which is a very Plutonian thing as well, like that purifying right. process. Um, 
But, you know, like, so really that's how I think about it. Cause I'm, I'm wrestling with my own big dream right now and I'm ready to get back in there, um, personally. And it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take planning. It's going to take, uh, my, my Capricorn moon to be able to emotionally mature enough to be able to start again. And I think that this is part of what that new moon in Aries might mean for a lot of people because, Aries is the sign of starting or initiating, not the only sign, but it is kind of that primordial sign that is, you know, that's initiatory fire. Um, But it's also really good at being able to pick yourself up and try again because Aries is the survivor. And so I think that some of us, if if you're wrestling with the same issues that I have, um, there is this survival quality that can now be... uh, you know, rebirthed. And especially since the moon and sun are going to square Saturn and Pluto, basically at the time of the new moon, but really it won't perfect until the following week. I think that we are accepting certain challenges in our lives due to that. Um, So that was a long winded answer, but (laughs) (laughs) so yes. Um, So then, okay. So what does this new moon in Aries look like and how is that paired with a square to Saturn and a square to Pluto? Wow. So, you know, like you were saying, this is really just a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Because in Pisces season, we felt so stuck. A lot of people just felt like they couldn't push forward. They couldn't have any progress, you know. But now it's like everything is bursting back to life. So even without, you know, the astrological influence, just looking outside and seeing spring, you know, that really inspires people to be authentic allow their personality to shine. You know, everyone's going and getting their short shorts and getting their summer (laughs) looks together and doing their diet plans for their summer body. You know, so all of that tied in with the Aries new moon. New moons are, you know, new beginnings. Um, If you are into the occult or practice any type of manifestation in your life, the new moon is really the best time to set your intentions. You know, the, when the moon is is new, it, it essentially is kind of like a portal. You know, it's about to become fuller and fuller as it moves along the process. So if you can sort of tap into that mentally and, and use it as kind of a marker for what you're trying to manifest and what you're trying to attract so that you become full, full of your manifestations and your intentions... You know, it's, it's a, great, a great tool to kind of use in your life. Um, and interestingly, you know, a lot of ancient cultures and civilizations, some of them viewed the Pisces new moon as the start of the year. But what's different with that is you can't really manifest all that much, you know, when you're in all of that water and you're in your fields. So to me, the Pisces new moon is a time to really be a little bit more introspective, reflect upon the last year and maybe start thinking about what you want to manifest. But then when the Aries new moon hits, it's like, okay, it's time for action now. So not only do I need to set my intentions, but I need to have an action plan because the energy is here now. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, things felt kind of stuck and I felt like I was maybe drowning in lots of water. Um, Things were very unclear. Things were aloof. Communication was off. Now it's airy season and, you know, there's fire to be had. If you're able to embrace the season and really tap into that energy, 
you know, it's going to fuel you to really put the energy and the motivation into whatever it is that you're doing. So now with the, you know, the squares to Pluto and Saturn, that definitely makes things um, a, a very interesting, um, especially just because when you shift from Pisces season to Aries season, especially the fire signs, there can be this propensity to just, you know, hit the ground running and just go, 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 <laughs> really just fully embrace that fire because it's been missing for a little while. Mm-hmm. But with this square to Saturn and Pluto, you know, you're still going to want to tread a little bit softly and make sure that you're not being, you know, too abrasive or too aggressive or too impulsive even because it can lead to situations that are destructive, Pluto. It can lead to things that, you know, show you your karma a little bit, Saturn. Um, So there's definitely a, you know, tread softly kind of energy with that square to Saturn um, and and Pluto and the south node as well, Um, especially with the south node for me. You know, that's bringing up themes of the past and and behaviors that we might have thought that we were done with. You know, and now all of a sudden it's airy season and we have all of this life within us again. And sometimes it can be easier to revert back to things that we've already dealt with. So, you know, definitely watching out for that square and, you know, just making sure that even though we are embracing all of our fire and and we're excited about moving forward into the new astrological year, Um, you know, things are not without consequence and we still have to be smart about our decisions and be practical. You know, Saturn's in Capricorn and it has been for a while and that's just been a really big theme, you know, being practical, being regimented, making methodical steps each and every day towards your goals, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas Aries is impulsive. Aries wants to just have fun all the time. It gets bored really easily. It's not trying to put all of its time and effort into, you know, the Saturnine things, you know, work responsibilities. But if we're able to kind of bring that balance, then, you know, that square can actually work out to our benefit. Yeah. No, I think that's a great answer and a great word of caution to some extent because Aries is, you know, quick out the gate. And especially since we've been, uh, we've been these horses, Maybe this is Jupiter and Sag reference. We've been these horses <laughs> held back in our on our stables and our pens for this whole Pisces season, and and now like the gate is open, spring is here, the sun is shining, and people are like, "Let's go, let's just do it." Um, right. <laughs> and there has to be a level of uh, you know, there has to be a level of caution there because depending on what it is you want to do. You know, I don't want to bring too much caution because I also think that this is our time of year when we can actually be a little more uh, courageous in our actions, and especially, especially in the idea of cardinal signs. Because I love what Demetra George says about uh, cardinal signs and. Um, them being known as pivot points. And the idea of the cardinal sign is actually that because it has this pivot type of energy, it can have a significant reversals to it, to where it just changes direction. Um, not so much in that smooth transitional way that maybe the mutable signs do, where we kind of have two feet in one realm. It's more like a hard turn and, you know, we're like, right. going this way. Um, and sometimes we reverse back to maybe something that we're doing or we reverse to something totally different that is on the plate. And so 
I do feel like within a realm, within a level of caution, because what you were saying is very valid <laughs> with a square to Saturn and a square to Pluto. But I think that if we've calculated this long enough, if we've been working towards certain things or desiring to, um, now's the time where we actually can push and challenge ourselves and be able to take these actions to change our lives and to get a new system in place and to start making those steps. Um, and especially, I like what you said about you know taking each step like not because Aries might want this huge leap, right? You know, like pick that low hanging fruit and hope that it gets us all the way to the other side. But Saturn's like, no, if this is a methodical process, uh, that we're just going to, you know, get through one step at a time. And so I think that with that, it's going to help us, you know, um, move along and be determined towards something, something that's important to us, um, something that we might want to build on, in on the worldly realm because we're talking about Capricorn and, um, and you know, business. It wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people maybe started businesses at this time or like were pushed to, you know, take the next step um, in that because, you know, Capricorn and Aries both have a very entrepreneurial quality to it. Now... Now, although <laughs> so we're feeling compelled to take action, basically, and there's a, this initiating fast and quick type of energy because Aries and really any masculine sign, whether you're looking at fire or air, it's going to have a faster quality to it. It's always it's going to be quicker. Um, and so let's throw in another little added quickness to this pile. And we talked about it for a second earlier. It was that full moon ruler of Mars and Gemini. So, I mean, now we're adding Gemini energy into what is already springing forth and might have a little fire. So Gemini moon, tell us what what (laughs) Mars and Gemini might add to this puzzle. Yeah. I also wanted to add too that Jupiter is still squaring Neptune. Um, Yes. So that really ties into, you know, the new moon squaring Saturn and Pluto in that we don't want to hit the ground running too hard. And especially when it comes to our idealism and what our goals are, we need to really establish the difference between things that are tangible goals and things that are unrealistic. You know, with that square from Jupiter to Neptune, people can come up with these elaborate, grandiose sort of visions for what they want to do for themselves. And then here comes Aries season. And then, you know, they're just like, okay, I got the energy for this now. You know, I'm going to make $2 million in the next six months. I'm going to put everything into it. You know, we might want to scale that back a little bit and just make sure that we are connecting with our Saturn energies and being a little bit practical And just making sure that our dreams and our goals and our aspirations are tangible, you know, and they aren't unrealistic. Um, That is a a good piece, though, I will say to that, because I keep saying with Jupiter and and, uh, square Neptune, you know, the idea of where's the limit, because they're both limitless signs. And so we are dancing in this uh, rather expansive place. Um, So that is good to keep in mind, like you're saying that, 
there is the possibility for going too far uh, with what it is that we see possible for ourselves and finding that balance and bringing in that Saturnian energy uh, and even finding challenge within it. Because really, you know, any new moon, we are setting up a full, it's not just the new moon that's seeding in this particular energy. Like we said earlier, this is seeding a whole month cycle and then really a kind of a whole six months to play out to uh, completion, you know, down the road. So. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you piped in with that. All right, so now Mars and Gemini. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with Mars and Gemini, um, that definitely is going to breathe even more life into, into Aries season yeah. and into this new moon. You know, with that happy-go-lucky Aries quality during, you know, after such an emotional time period when everyone was kind of in their feelings. And now we get to channel all of this fire that, you know, is infused with, with the airiness of, the Gem- of Gemini and also the dual aspect of Gemini. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure, for one thing, that, you know, we're being a little bit consistent with our actions because Mars and Gemini can be a little bit back and forth. Um, and, and, you know, Saturn, Saturn <laughs> square to the new moon, or, or rather, yeah, Saturn square is, you know, it, it wants us to be a little bit more um, practical and put together as far as that's concerned. But for the most part, it's definitely going to bring like this energy of excitement to the mix. You know, with Mars and Gemini, we're going to want to be a lot more social. We're going to want to be, you know, communicating with all of our friends all the time, making a lot more friends, connecting with people that we've lost touch with you know, through the years or of in recent times. Um, it's just going to really give us like this outgoing sort of tone to that new moon in Aries. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I think it's really giving us exactly what we need, especially with where we're coming from with Pisces season. Yeah. Now we get to kind of just go out and have more of a happy-go-lucky, you know, like fiery, expressive exterior. So, you know, Mars and Gemini is definitely supporting this new moon in Aries really well, I think. Um, You know, Aries can be a very emotional sign in its own way. Obviously, very different than Pisces. Um, But especially, you know, being that it's squaring Saturn and Pluto in the south node, that can bring up some of the more aggressive, militant, and combative energies of Aries. So I think the Mars and Gemini is definitely helping to really lighten that up, make it more fun, make it sexy, make it something that you can just go out and utilize, you know, in your life, in your social life, um, and even in your work life. So ultimately, I think it's a great time um, you know, to really just have some fun and lighten up especially mm-hmm. after the energies that we're leaving. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that is the case because <laughs> I, I think a lot of us can use a little, you know, a little levity here Absolutely. after <laughs> a, a pretty heavy Pisces season. And, you know, having Mars and Gemini natally, like, I, I love to play, number one. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Mars and Gemini likes, it likes to have some games and have some fun. Um, but part of me wonders if maybe a lot of this new moon, even though it is action-oriented, um, just by the nature of Aries, uh, you know, it, it's more to me, I wonder if it's going to be a more of a conceptual realm just because Mars and Gemini, which is basically, you know, helping to dictate what energy is being birthed here. Um, you know, we're looking at 
it really Gemini is the birth of all, you know, idea or conception or, you know, like that intellectual um, strategy towards something. And so I'm, I'm also thinking to go back also to your, <laughs> to Jupiter and Neptune there, there may be a lot of hot air rolling around at this time yes. where there's going to be, you know, talk may be cheap kind of thing with this configuration. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't go flapping around, well, you know, what it is you want to do and all these grand big plans because I actually might take the wind out of your sails um, because Gemini does have that, uh, that back and forth type of energy that I wrestle with every day. Like I have Mars square Saturn exactly in my chart with Saturn on Saturn and Virgo. And one of my wow. lifelong... <laughs> problems, it is a problem, is is focus and for how long and on what and, and how to navigate that. Because, you know, especially I, being a Scorpio rising, like I have intense focus. There, there is that focus when you have, when you're Scorpio rising, yep. even with <laughs> energy, you know, it can, it can get in there. But that Mars, um, especially as a Scorpio rising, you know, in Gemini can really diffuse and deflect my focus from where it needs to be. So that's just a word of caution for some of you out there, uh, you know, because chances are that's another thing with Mars and Gemini and paired with Aries energy is there's even more impatience in the air because, (laughs) you know, Gemini does not have, uh, it's onto the next thing before you even heard what it just said, you know, like that's sorry. What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so um, I'm hoping that maybe that pressure from Capricorn can help ground things so that we don't, you know, uh, uh, blow it all in one, you know, like just talking about it or getting it out there and then nothing ever happens because it's no fun. Um, But, you know, I think we're going to feel challenged. Like you said, we are going to feel that challenge. The fires are lit. You know, Mars and Gemini is helping to fan the flames basically with the air. Um, And so we might be up for like a mental challenge of some sort, like being able to tackle something that is taking our intellect in a you know, in a different way, which might actually take a couple weeks because once uh, Mercury finally moves into Aries, because that's going to be like a whole other ball game once Mercury moves into Aries and then, and then Mercury and Mars are going to be in mutual reception. So they're going to be talking to one another, working well, and then, you know, really going to be ready to, to start to uh, get in there. But that's not in, that's really not going to be, I think until um, April 17th. So it's kind of funny because Aries, uh, Mercury moves into Aries on April 17th. And then we have about four days where we have the sun in Aries. We have Mercury in Aries. We have Mars and Gemini talking back and forth. And we have that full moon at 29 degrees Libra that's going to close out Aries season. So I'm thinking that that's actually kind of a pretty solid pocket of activity um, as far as this Aries transit is concerned. Right. One thing I want to add too is, you know, Geminis are definitely known for their sharp tongues. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) And Aries can be, you know, aggressively opinionated and kind of abrasive with it at times. So, you know, if you're someone that kind of struggles with these energies, definitely be a little bit more mindful of what you say. Try not to speak from a place of anger because I definitely see some blow ups on the horizon. Um, you know, people just kind of 
saying things and not being aware of how they might make someone else feel that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mars and Gemini is definitely like a sharp tongue kind of energy. At least it certainly can be. Um, so definitely be mindful of that. Um, but at the same time, I'm definitely looking forward to this energy. Um, cause I write music as well. Um, so I feel like this is a great energy for any type of writing and creating, especially with the Neptune and Jupiter square, you know, our imaginations are kind of all over the place right now, especially (laughs) after this Pisces season. Like that's why that show, the OA, like I've never seen a show. Season two is so much different than season one. Season two, I've never seen a show just like, go that far out there. Like they really, they really did it. (laughs) They went (laughs) so far out into Pisces land. Um, The imagination in that show was just like unparalleled. So I think that there is that available right now Mm -hmm. with these energies, especially with Mars and Gemini. If you're a writer, if you're an artist and you want to create something, especially that has to do with words Now is definitely a really great time to do it, or at least in a few days when Mars is in Gemini. Um, Because you're going to have the energy for it, the enthusiasm, and, you know, that that Neptune-Jupiter square is definitely giving us the inspiration. So really good time for that. Well, and you know what's interesting too, as you're saying that, um, and I think that's a great point to bring up, and I'm going to follow that advice because (laughs) I'm on that that page as well. so it will be interesting, actually, once the the full moon and Libra hits and really, you know, a week, couple weeks coming after that. Because at that point, Mars will then make a T-square with um, Neptune and Jupiter, which will add a whole other dimension to like, <laughs> what this is all, all looking at, like, um, and being able to activate that imagination um, in, in ways that, and, and challenge that. Um, and how that looks on paper, like literally, like writing it down. Like if you're a words person, a wordsmith, or uh, you know, write lyrics or whatever that looks like for you. Um, I think we're going to find uh, some challenge then, but that's off in the off in the distance, I guess. So save <laughs> that for another podcast. Um, so I guess before we go here, I mean, what what can we what can we tell people? What's our, what's a tip and trick to kind of like navigate this this new moon situation what would you yeah. say <laughs> um, i always tell people Aries season is the best time to start going to the gym if you are not being active you know if it's not the gym go for walks find, pick up a sport you know move your body now is really the time to you know channel that fire and allow your body to move around and be active because you know that's got to go somewhere Um, And if you're able to do that, if you're able to um, really get into the spring by, you know, being a lot more active, um, treating your body really well, then, you know, that fire is going into something constructive as opposed to maybe coming out in different ways, you know, with Mars and Gemini. Um, I definitely feel like there's going to be some arguments with this energy, you know, and it's going to be people that you know, all of a sudden the fire is turned on within them and they have this jolt of energy. Um, And, you know, maybe we get carried away and we act impulsively. But, you know, if we're able to be active and take care of our health and really tap into 
spring in that way, <laughs> um, then yeah, you're able to use this fire for something constructive. And, you know, it's going to help you really channel the energy in, in more harmonious ways, as opposed to, you know, those impulsive, abrasive Aries moments. Um, I'm very familiar with Aries energy. I actually have Mars in, in Aries. And oddly enough, all of my exes were Aries. So I've <laughs> been around that energy a lot. Um, and, you know, that they, they can be very impulsive with their fire and how they exert their energy. Um, but if it's channeled into something constructive, it really does something entirely different for them. Um, and they can actually be very spiritual people. So same thing, you know, for people that aren't Aries during Aries season. Um, fire can be very spiritual in nature. It can really help you connect to the core essence of who you are. If you're able to, you know, ground that down and channel it constructively. So mm. to me, the best way to do that is to be active, you know, to exercise um, and, you know, really work on controlling that fire within you. Yoga, things of that nature. Mm, I, like, I like the exercise piece because especially with Mars and Gemini and speaking from experience, like if I, because Mars and Gemini can be a very mental energy. And so it's like kind of like a tornado that gets stirred up in your head and it can be released through the body or especially through the hands, you know, doing things with the hands. Mm -hmm. um, but I find if I'm not like moving around or, you know, if I'm all day in my head, like on all the actions going there by the end of the night, like literally my body almost starts to twitch because it needs that release elsewhere. Um, but right. I'm putting all the energy into more of a mental or intellectual, um, uh, activity. And so I love that you bring that up because actually earlier this year, I had started a friend of mine, uh, is a, a beach body coach. <laughs> um, oh, fun. I know it's fun. And it's something that I would probably have never done on my own, but I was, she was like, come on, you know, you'll, you might like it. I have accountability group and, you know, some of our friends are in there and, you know, we're all in our, uh, our late thirties, early forties. And so some of us can really need that little boost of like, come on, you got this. Um, and oh my God, Bird! like the beginning of the year was a hit. Mars was in Aries. Ever, we were all, we were all participating. I'll do the most exercise I've ever done in my life. And then Mercury moved into Pisces and Mars moved into Taurus. And our group just went, you know? oh, yeah. like <laughs> just, just, no one, it was crickets, you know? And, uh, and it was hard for my friend who's the coach because she's like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, honey, you are not doing anything wrong. Let me just explain <laughs> Mars and Taurus and Mercury retrograde and Pisces. Um, so yeah. I think our, our group in general is going to get a resurgence at this new moon. And I'm going to be on there as well to, uh, you know, carry it out. Cause I made so, I made so much progress and now I'm just, I feel like I'm just sitting here and, you know, and it's like, what am I, what am I doing that? For? What did I do that for? And I'm not keeping it up. So, right. and I felt so good. I felt like the best that I had ever felt, but I had to put in the energy and put in the effort. So definitely, you know, get that body moving and, and, and really be okay with being in the moment. Cause that's the thing with fire signs too, is fire is a very in the moment type of energy. Like it's, um, to really capitalize on it. Oh, there's my word again, to really capitalize on this energy. You know, you have to kind of be willing to be in the moment and to have a moment of spontaneity and maybe try something you've never done before. Like I was just going to say that. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like I yeah. would never expect myself to be doing that program, but I am and I like it. And so why not, you know, let's try something a little, a little different. And, and cause this is, I guess this is the piece that I will leave people with is that Aries is up for a challenge, right? But sometimes misdirected Aries energy is then in turn challenging others. So rather mm-hmm. than challenging others and what they're doing, you know, let's bring this focus on the self in a healthy way and do a self challenge. What do you want to challenge yourself to do uh, during this next lunar month? Or what does that energy look like to you? And just be willing to accept it. Even if it's hard, square Saturn, even if it requires change of you, square Pluto, even if it requires a new uh, way of acting from your mental mindset, Mars and Gemini, switch it up, shake it up a bit. So yes, how are we going to challenge ourselves in a healthy way uh, and get fit in the process is the question. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I love that you said start something new because I wanted to add that. Aries is maybe the best at starting new projects. Mm. They might not be the best at finishing them. Yeah, true. But, you know, <laughs> I have one of my cousins is, I laugh at him all the time because one day he's, he bought a new motorcycle and then two weeks later he sold it and he's not into that anymore. <laughs> you know, one day he's doing Herbalife. Then a week later I see him and he's on to the next project. Aries is very, very like that. They need like these new shifts all the time. Um, But for the rest of us, it's a really good time to start something new. Um, Just for the sake of picking up a new trade and finding something new to put our energy into and channel our energy into. Mm. So, you know, anything that you can do that just introduces a different feel and cultivates, you know, some new skills within you. Very good time to do that. Um, for me, I just started keto a few days ago. Oh. And I actually feel like incredible. Like I can't even believe how good I feel. Like literally after two days, I just like woke up with so much energy. And I'm someone it usually takes me like an hour to feel awake. Like mm. I've always been that way ever since I was a kid. But I'm like bursting up every single morning now. Like it's so crazy. Um, so what's keto? What, what, what is the discipline? Yeah, keto essentially is no carbs and no sugar. So, okay. but instead of those, you are replacing that with fat. So there's a lot of like MCT oil, coconut oil, olive oil, healthy fats, you know, salmon, avocados, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And what it does is when your body isn't intaking carbs, your liver actually turns fat into a fuel source. Mm. So as a result, if you do keto and you fast intermittently, essentially you don't eat for 16 hours in the day and you eat all of your meals in eight hours, it actually converts your fat into energy. So you'll lose like 20 pounds in two months very easily. Um, But, you know, a lot of these diets that help you lose that weight that quickly, they're not good for you at all. But keto is actually extremely healthy for you. After six weeks, your body remembers that it can use fat as a fuel source. Mm. So even if you go off keto, you basically are now a hybrid. Your body can use carbs and it can use fat as fuel. So you burn calories a lot quicker. Your metabolism is quicker. And it's also, studies have shown it's incredible for brain health. And I definitely feel that. I feel so much less cloudy, um, and just a lot more with the program. 
So if anyone would like to, you know, try out a new diet, um, if you're struggling with some weight issues, keto is fantastic for people that are, you know, obese. Um, it helps you lose weight very quickly. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who's interested. Because those healthy fats are good for the brain, right? That's like the... They're very good for the brain. And yep. then, yeah, I saw a whole thing about... Um, uh, and I'll gloss over the details because I can't remember, of course, but how fat gets stored in the system and how um, basically our diets have kind of trick the body to not know how to work with the fat like it might have used exactly. to know how to. And really that's kind of ties into how people get diabetes and they don't know, yeah. know how to ha you process the sugars in the right way. And like, yeah, so the, that's interesting because my, my partner, he did the, he did the, uh, a similar type of diet really over the last couple months um, where he just, he just ate at night. Basically he would fast mm. for, through the, you know, as he slept and through the day and then at night. So it was like right. kind of an intermittent fasting type of thing. Like you're yep, saying, same deal. Yeah. Hours off, eight hours on. Um, mm -hmm. And he did actually, you know, I mean, he didn't have crazy weight to drop, but I totally noticed things, but I didn't notice right. when he come home, he was just starving. Like he was like a ravenous, <laughs> like beast would just like be oh my gosh. out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually finding that I'm not hungry. Like I haven't eaten yet today and I won't eat until seven o'clock and I'm really not hungry. It's yeah. wild. I don't have cravings. Um, you know, they say that you typically get like a keto flu and the cravings are really tough initially, but I have not been feeling that at all. I've been feeling really great, but yeah, yeah like the whole low fat thing in, you know, the American food system is kind of a scam. Honestly, it, you know, they, take all of the fat out of our diets so that we rely mostly on carbs. And when you think about it, our ancestors were not eating all these carbs. You know, they ate what they could hunt and gather. Um, so it, it kind of makes more sense to kind of go back to that, especially when you look at the fact that heart disease, cancer, these things have been skyrocketing, you know, in the last hundred years. So there's a problem with that, you know? Yeah. So when you look at how we used to eat, it kind of makes sense to replace some of those carbs with more fat. And, you know, intermittent fasting is also very healthy and very good for you. Um, for a long time, the medical industry kind of shunned that. But now studies are starting to show that it actually does, you know, really great for you. It gives your body a chance to work with what it already has heal some things, you know, when you're not digesting food all the time, it gives your body a chance to take a break and, you know, maybe look into some things that it didn't have time to do because it was so busy digesting all the Yeah, that is so. a great point. Yeah, because I, you know, I feel the tiredness that I ever feel when I'm, you know, digesting or just have right? eating. Yes. So if we're like, it's, it's almost like eat a meal, digest, finally get some energy, eat another meal digest. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. So I, yeah. And what I noticed is that I don't get tired now when I eat because I'm not eating carbs, mm. but at the same time, I'm still full. Like I always used to equate being full with being tired. Um, but that's really not the case. It's more about what you're eating and you know, what, what your body has to work a little bit harder to process in your system. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I love this. This is, it's funny because this is actually our side Aries note for the Scorpio risings, because as far as whole signs are concerned, Aries season for us is 
is the sixth, sixth house. house. Yes, <laughs> so we're yes, like, yes. let's talk about this health and diet and daily. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I love That's that. Because Aquila is also a Scorpio rising. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So we're a Scorpio rising crew. Yes. For the- I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I'll have to have you back sometime to maybe discuss some more of these things. And absolutely I love, you know, any type of, um, just different information, you know, getting things out there that people might not have heard before or, you know, like, cause diet is so huge, so huge to our daily existence. You know, we can talk about the planets all day, but there's, you know, what you're fueling your body with and how much you have at your disposal, uh, in your vessel, you know, these, these decisions are very important too. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Especially so. for Capricorns right now. With with Saturn, Pluto, and the South Node in Capricorn, um, if you you know in medical astrology, Vedic astrology, Saturn and the South Node are the influences that deplete you. They can bring mm-hmm. a lot of you know health issues, um, even you know lack of mineral absorption. Mm. So with the South Node, so it's really important for Capricorns right now and Cancers as well to you know take care of their health. With, with some of these malefic influences. Yeah. So that's why I really kind of gravitated toward it because I was feeling very run down. Um, so it's definitely helped me. So, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I liked, I liked that you've been helped. <laughs> that's yeah. great. It's nice to have things that lift us up um, and energetically, Absolutely. especially in the body because, you know, this is what we got to travel in. This is our... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's our meat suit. Um, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Virgil. For, uh, yes, for thank you Virgilio. for having me. Virgilio. I, I, <laughs> I love that name. I've never even heard it before. But <laughs> I'm sounds... the eighth. Oh, what? You're the yeah. eighth? <laughs> yes. You're the eighth Virgilio? The eighth in my family, yeah. It's a dead name, though. It's kind of like someone being called Bartholomew, you know? <sighs> Well, I like the eight number eight too because that's associated with uh, Capricorn and Saturn yes, a lot of yes. times too. So, yep. <laughs> well, hey, there's something to be said for being the eighth in line to something. Um, and you know what's also interesting? A little added piece that I was reading uh, yesterday about they're talking about karmic, um, you know, ancestral patterns and how they go back. You know, you know, it's all speculation, really. But how they go back seven generations, um, and I love that you're the eighth. Yeah. Think about it. Oh wow. Yeah. So in in some in some you know in some way perhaps maybe you are uh, breaking your own ancestral mode. I can feel that. Yeah. With the family dynamic, yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Well, cool. So, all right. So, where can people find you? What do you got going on? You know, give us all the details. Uh, my Instagram is at Verge the Astrologer, V-I-R-G, the Astrologer. Uh, my website is vergetheastrologer.strikingly.com. Um, and right now I'm focusing on my readings. Um, I actually have like a really cool special right now that includes natal, transit, solar returns, um, the whole nine. I'm working towards getting to my 1,000th reading, that was always like my thing. I want to do a thousand readings and like keep data so that I can have like some type of scientific backing to, Mm. you know, some of the things that I'm finding. I I feel like astrology is maybe missing that. 
just more like hardcore scientific data. Because we're in the age of Aquarius now, you know, science and technology and spirituality are here to become one during this age. So we're the people that need to really start mapping that out. Um, so I think I'm at like seven something and I'm working towards a thousand. Um, and I also have classes coming up in three weeks. Um, I teach a six week, um, astrology course where after the six weeks, you'll be able to read your own chart, not necessarily do readings for people, but you'll be able to understand how the natal chart yeah. works. The building so. blocks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that tells you they can teach you everything about astrology in six lessons. Oh, no. That, that might not. <laughs> yeah. It might not be uh, something that you want to do. No. So, just kind of an introductory course. But yeah, that's me. That's what I'm up to. And yeah. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, I will be sure to share all those uh, details and the links that he has just said on my blog post. So you know how to reach out and get in touch with him. And I love how you're straightforward with being like six weeks is not going to make you a professional astrologer. Yeah, because no. <laughs> that is the truth. And anybody that tells you that, you know, like, no, it, it's a long lifetime process. You know, yes. I'm, I'm 12 years in and I don't even like, I would not even begin to claim that I know <laughs> at all. There would be no fun in it if you did, you know, like the beauty of astrology is like everything that you learn and all that, like really empirical data that you, you're taking. And I'm very much the same way, but on mundane charts, like I'm fascinated with more mundane and political, um, type of, uh, uh evidence and, and data. And I, you know, I love it. I find something new all the time. And like, that's like, that's my main point of doing astrology is the discovery that is always there. And so, yes. So if you want to start somewhere, hit Virgil up. Vir, why do I, go, I don't want to add the ilio. Why don't I want to add the ilio? It happens all the time. It, it, it's all good to me. Like, the only reason I don't like Virgil though is because it doesn't equate to 11. Yeah. Well, and it's not your name. Yeah, true. It's not your name. It's like when people, people like to, would call me Michelle sometimes, or if someone would call me Missy, because my name is Melissa, oh. but I go by Mel. I have sometimes, sometimes someone will throw a Missy in there and I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to. Like, <laughs> you need to that's back so up. Random, okay. Yeah. Um, except, well, I'm from the South. So that's actually, Melissa and Missy okay. are closer than you might think, even though I refuse to ever be. <laughs> Mm -mm. Um, so yes. All right. Well, where can you find me to even see that post I'm talking about? Well, I'm over at energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at energetic principles. I have my Patreon offerings that you've probably heard of prior in the uh, episode and you can find that at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And like Verge, I also do uh, consultations. So if you want to reach out to have your chart looked at or to do some tarot because I do, I meld them both together, I'm available for that as well. Uh, and if you like what you heard here today and you want to spread the news of the new moon in Aries, what that Pisces transit looked like and what Mars and Gemini might mean for, you know, the energy that is sprawling about, you know, share with a friend, give a nice 
review on iTunes because that helps uh, myself and Verge be seen further with what we're, it is we're putting out there. So, all right. I want to thank you again for finally being able to come on the show and me finally reaching out to you. I'm so glad. <laughs> thank I'm you for having me. This, yeah. was, this was lots of fun. Oh, great. Well, I hope you will join <laughs> me again. Absolutely. So. All right, everyone. I hope you will join me again, too. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And as always, may the stars be with you.